Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. All right. Um, I need to go back to the beginning because actually Spirit plans this whole thing. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Spirit seems to plan this whole thing. Um, I just go to get these downloads, and then uh, eventually I have to do the talk and find out what I was talking about when I told them a month and a half ago what, we, what I would be talking about. So let's start with a theme. I mean, how many, you know, like, oh, we need to know, we need to know why. But anyway, they do. <laughs> so I just make stuff up, and then I see what I made up and went, oh, that's interesting. So the theme for this um, month is radical gratitude. So I, and our theme for the year has been radical spirituality. Like, what if we really, really believed in the promises that show up in every holy book in the world? What if we really believed it? What if we really, like, went out on the skinny branch? But most people want to just stay at the bottom of the tree and say, oh, yeah, that tree's, that limb's a lot like that limb, and that limb's different than that limb. And, and then I believe in that limb more than I do that limb. And just, you know, like we, we analyze and we critique and we go, oh, isn't that pretty? But do we go out on the skinny branch where we prove it or not? And this year I've been really working on myself proving it. So I finally looked up Radical. It's an adjective. Well, it can, be a, it can also be a, no, a noun, but I'm just going with the adjective. Radical means relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something far, in a far-fetching or thorough, thorough, oh, thorough way. Did I say that right? Thorough way. So what if we did far-reaching gratitude? Gratitude is a quality of being thankful. Now, what's normal is that something happens, and if it's good, we're thankful. That's normal gratitude. Radical gratitude would be using thankfulness as the cause of something good, as opposed to the effect of something good. Radical gratitude. Eric Butterworth said that a grateful heart draws great things to it. And Ernest Holmes said, humans attract to themselves a, a correspondence of their inner attitude. So when you have an inner attitude of I'm grateful, you have to attract to you according to the law of cause and effect, which, by the way, shows up in every major religion. So... The law of cause and effect act, works through our total consciousness, meaning not just what our random thoughts are, but what we have embodied. And when we start to embody gratitude, we must draw to us more things to be grateful for. So an attitude of gratitude is a catalyst for spiritual evolution because guess what? We're all going to get to a realization of who we really are sometime or another. We're all waking up. Uh, Ram Dass said we're all just walking each other home. Well, gratitude, I realize, is like one of those slick 
um, what do they call them? Moving, moving, moving floors on an airport. A people mover. Gratitude is a people mover. Now you can continue to walk and go really fast or you can just sort of like, yeah. But it's going to get you there faster. A catalyst, by the way, according to science, a catalyst doesn't make something happen. It just speeds up what's going to happen. We were all going to get there and gratitude will help us get there faster. A people mover. I did not know that's what you called it. Yes, a people mover. So who would like to cultivate radical gratitude? Why not? And, the, and, and you know what? The vision that just came to me is like the Spirit of God waits upon our acceptance of its good. But we're dinking around with other stuff. So there's something in the universe going, yay! They're going to accept radical gratitude. This is good. First of all, let's talk about the opposite of gratitude, which is gritchiness. That's grouchy in another word. <laughs> gritchiness is more of a habit than the result of something happening. See, negative experiences a lot of negative experiences, not all negative experiences, but a lot of negative experience that we have is a habit. See, we can have unpleasant circumstances, we can have unpleasant uh, realizations, we can have all that sort of stuff, but listen to this. I finally got this. You know, sometimes it just, this, I, was, I, mean, I needed a people mover because I heard this so many years ago and I finally got it. In the word emotion, is the word motion. It's meant to move. And I think what really got me into this is that I was uh, listening to a scientist that studies the brain and how the brain works. And what she said is, is that an emotion just observed and not resisted or cultivated moves through us in about 90 seconds. If you just feel it and you just watch it, it just moves through. But most people have a habit of dealing with it in a different way. That's why mindfulness works. Oh, there's an emotion, there's a thought, there's a thought, there's an emotion, there's a thought. So we don't get too attached to it. But a lot of us are not practicing mindfulness. Which, by the way, we have a class on mindfulness, which is free to everybody once a month. If, if just, just for the ability to not get hooked by something and have it yank you around all day, that's worth the hour to spend in a mindfulness <laughs> workshop. You know, honestly, so much is available. Are we taking advantage of it? Even that's a habit. I'll get to it. Lots of habits. Anyway, so what keeps us from letting it come and go through us is that we think about it too much. Like, wow, this must mean something. Or, oh, ouch, that hurts. And, oh, I, what, what, was, what, is, what is this coming from? And I should find, you know, like we react or we resist. I won't find it. I'm too spiritual. I can't do this. You know, resistance is truly futile. 
but we deal with it, we think about it, which just creates a loop, which then creates a habit. So the next time we're triggered, we loop it again. Loop, 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 loop. So one of the ways to get off the loop is to watch how we talk about what we're experiencing. If we say we are sad, angry, hurt, depressed, we are identifying ourselves as that. I am sad. I am angry. I am hurt and I am depressed. Yes, that could be what's happening through you, but it's not you. We are, you know, how many of you have heard, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience? Well, when I say I am sad, I'm saying I'm a human being, and guess what? I'd like to be spiritual someday in the great by and by when I die. Or when I'm hit on the head by Kathy Ann and she knocks it into me. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm just about there. <laughs> Jeez. Instead, we say things like, I have some sadness. I have anger. I have a hurt feeling. Do you see that that's not me? It's just something that has come. We could also say something like, well, there's that sadness again. There's that jealousy again. There's that crankiness again. Aw. And just... And then it goes. Just cycles through. This is not... This is truly, truly, truly the science of mind. How thoughts work in this thing called our brain. We don't deny the experience. This is not a spiritual bypass. It's actually a, a spiritual pass-through. Spiritual being, watching what it's like to be human. We don't expect it to take over. Now, here's the thing. How many of you have ever done those things in class, what you call fear to faith? Fear to faith workshops or worksheets? What I noticed that oftentimes what I feared the most was that I would be stuck where I was. Like, most of us can get through something. I can have a shock, and I deal with it moment to moment, but what really scares me is it won't go away. What really scares me is I'm here forever. That's part of a loop. Um, a whole bunch of things have happened late recently, and I'll only tell you because I'm sure Tim's not watching this. But I left my makeup bag in the last hotel in um, Cairo. And I, I realized when I was going through the airport and I wanted to you know, freshen up and look real pretty, um, I had no makeup. And I thought, well, okay, no big deal, no makeup, that doesn't matter. And then I realized that my very expensive engagement ring was in that makeup bag because my hands had gotten swollen, and so I put them in the makeup bag, because I always have my makeup bag. I cannot just say, the girl carries makeup. I wear it, I know, you're surprised, but anyway. <laughs> so I thought, safest place, I'll never lose it if it's in my makeup bag. So I realized this, I was driving home, and I'm thinking, so here's the loop. Oh shit, I just lost a very expensive item. Oh shit. I'm going to have to replace it. Can I do it without Tim noticing? Uh, do I tell him? Um, 
And yes, oh shit, that's actually the better word of what I said. Anyway, it's like in my head, I'm like thinking all this stuff and like, oh no. And then because I've been working with this, this is what Egypt gave me because I always get these downloads in Egypt. It's like you can go down that path, you can go down another one and that you will have your ring back. Now, in a lot of places, you lose a ring in a hotel room and you've lost a ring. But I said, no, not this time. So I immediately uh, emailed a friend in Egypt, and I said, please check on this. And he said, well, I can if you email the, the hotel, and here's who you contact, and tell them that we will be stopping by. And I emailed, and I didn't hear anything from him, and I didn't hear anything from him, and I didn't hear anything th- from him. And then I got this text, and I thought, oh, God. <sighs> oh, oh, what he said is they didn't find a ring. And I went, oh, yeah, nope, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I mean, but even, you know, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't have to tell my husband. It doesn't mean that I was thinking that, that it would somehow miraculously appear. It's that I was not going to let it disturb my peace of mind. It's just a ring. So I... Hours, hours, hours later, after they went and picked up the makeup bag, my friend, he sent me a text with my ring in his hand. And I'm really grateful to have it back, and I'm really grateful I don't have to go through a discussion of how I wasn't careful enough. But more than anything, I'm really grateful that I'm learning to stop the loop. That something in me is like, I will not go there. I am not the effect of what's going on out here. I have a concern, I'm not concerned. Do you see the difference? Number two. After you stop that loop, what are you going to do? Well, Emma Curtis Hopkins would say praise everything. If you want to have a healing consciousness, which means a a consciousness of wholeness that is not only good enough for yourself but for everyone around you, praise everything. I'm going to give it a little different twist. Cultivate thanksgiving and gratitude. Cultivate it. Cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Now, you've heard about gratitude journals. There's a book on it. Uh, May McCarthy wrote a book on gratitude, and it's basically at the end of the day, you write three gratitudes. It's a wonderful way to start, you know, end your day. But I would also say to acknowledge good stuff throughout the day. So like, oh, that's nice, and oh, that's nice. And I was looking at the clouds this morning, driving in, it's like, wow, what clouds? They're beautiful. You know, it's like, oh, wow, yahoo. Like, why not? I don't, it just sort of took me over. Look at that cloud. I'd like, am I on a drug? I don't even understand. No, I'm not. But it's like, you know how, if, how many of you were in your 20s? <laughs> there were times I'd go, whoa, man, look at that leaf. So I know of what I speak. But this was just gratitude. Just gratitude. I pray now in the morning 
that the Spirit of God may open my eyes to the wonders all around me, that I may see God's glory in everything before me. So behold the cloud. Number three, let gratitude be creative. See, be grateful in advance for what will be showing up in your life. Ernest Holmes said this. Study the life and works of Jesus, and you will not find him asking God to do things. The prayers of Jesus were not petitions. They were acknowledgment. At the tomb of Lazarus, he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hast always heard me. And then he told Lazarus to come forth. So um, if we use that as an example, and also the uh, feeding of the 5,000, which shows up in every single gospel because it was a very important learning parable, he said, thank you first. He, he saw the finished product, and he was grateful that something wonderful was going to happen, and I'm not sure he knew what it was. But he acknowledged that there was that. It was happening. Meister Eckhart, one of the, well, I don't know if you know him, but I know him, was one of the most well-known and famous mystics of the, of the Dark Ages, said that if thank you is the only prayer that you ever, ever utter, it will have been enough. Now, some people just say, well, then just say thank you. It's not a parrot. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's not, you know, it's not a parrot thank you. It's about embodying thank you. It's like have that attitude of expectation. To paraphrase Ernest Holmes, I love this, is that he, and I'm paraphrasing, I wait with glad anticipation all the delightful blessings of this day. That's gratitude in advance. In the Bible, it says, the Lord will go before thee to make straight thy way, but not if you're worried. You know what would go through it before you if you were worried? Things to be worried about. Law of cause and effect. It's just the law of cause and effect. It's so much grander and bigger than the law of attraction, where you can just attract something to you because you visualize it. Yeah, but if you see yourself as a loser, you're not going to keep it. You can attract a date, but if you see yourself as unlovable, nobody's going to stick around. But if you are so grateful that God is about to birth something in you that represents itself in its own spiritual magnificence, guess what's going to happen? Good stuff. Your kind of good stuff. I don't want Emma's good stuff. Although I would like to have a membership in the Columbia Tower Club again, but still. (laughs) Too far to drive. But you know what I mean? You have our own idea of good stuff, and we deserve that good stuff because God has already given the gift. This is cultivating, when we expect good things, we are cultivating the divine law of cause and effect by being that which we want to see in ourselves and in our world and to see ourselves in. So who wants to play a game? Let's make this real. We're going to play around with the idea of visualization. See, the Bible, and you know, and I would also say the Bhagavad Gita, and I will also say the Ramayana, which are two Hindu books. Both of them, 
Ramayana and the, and the Bhagavad Gita and also the Bible are filled with techniques to activate the law of the cause and effect at the level people could accept it. So they just said, do this. Or they'd tell a story about this. And if you got the, the message of that story and did those things, things would happen. Now, we can get really philosophical about the law of cause and effect and, and have great conversations about it, or we can just start using it. And then, the more we use it, the more we can understand it. Understanding comes from experience. Experience comes from trying something out, using it and seeing the effects. But too many people want to understand it first. Well, good luck with that. Not you guys. Not you on the... No. We're different. We are, we are radical spiritual people, and we're just marching in there and getting it all over us. And then we're going to understand what's happening, and then we'll be a, a, an epicenter for that wisdom to be shed around the world. So here we go. Ready? So visualization taught in the Bible shows up in the form of, well, many forms. But let's just take Abraham. God said, I will give you all the land that you can see, but I've been to the holy lands. And if, even if he was on a hill, he couldn't see that far. You know, because there's other hills. So he could see a valley and a hill. But the land supposedly that he got was so much more vast than that. So it wasn't so much what he could physically see, but what he could behold in his own consciousness. He was probably saying, I see in my mind from this river to that uh, sea. And, you know, he was, he was imagining great things. So I would love for you, if you choose to, to take a deep breath. And let's take the, the training or the message from Abraham. And I would love for you to see the life you want to live in. Not what you want to have, but see yourself as the person who would naturally have what you m might want to attract to yourself. So really close your eyes, and, and let's do it this differently. Don't see yourself walking through, because that's sometimes hard. But what I'd like you to do is to see that behind where these trees are, just close your eyes, but just imagine that that screen is your movie. And you are now moving into the life you've always wanted. You're moving into the life you've always wanted. For me, I, I was playing with this this morning. For me, I, how many of you have ever gone on YouTube? In fact, if you haven't, I want you to do it. I want you to get on YouTube and, and, and put in cutting horses. And this morning, I was on a cutting horse. I have so long, to, so far to go to get on a cutting horse. But I saw myself there. Because even getting there, I'm going, to have to be, I'm going to have to just change in so many ways. But I was on the cutting horse. You know what you have to do on a cutting horse? You don't even touch the reins. You, no, you are 
uh, a uh, get a penalty for touching reins. You just frickin' hang on. You all, you with everything you've got. Because when that cow turns, that horse is gonna turn. And you don't know where. And you just have your balance and your seat and you hang on. And that's what I was doing today, this morning. That's what I want you to do with your own life. I want you to see yourself getting along with all the people you don't get along with. I want you to see yourself having the resources to do what you want to do when you want to do it. I want you to be there. I want you to feel it. Be in it. Or watch it on the screen if you can't quite get there. Because sometimes we can't quite get there at first. So what I first did is I saw something looked a lot like Kathy on on a cutting horse. And then I put myself on that cutting horse. So see it first and then move into it. Now take a deep breath. And be grateful for just having the experience in this moment. Just be, feel the gratitude for, wow, look what I'm living. Look what I'm living, wow. Wow. And I speak my word of blessing for this visualization. I speak my word of blessing for us coming together. I speak my word of blessing that the presence, the power, and the love of God and the, and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is moving through us to reveal to us ideas that we can claim for ourselves beyond our normal experience. That as Abraham did, we are allowing ourselves to reach out and claim a life that is more abundant than we even had the wildest idea that it could be. And we are allowing ourselves to live in that now. And I bless this visualization. I bless each person. I bless the outcome. And I personally am living in that radical gratitude that wonderful things are happening because of us being together today. And so 